was a snippet of Escape Plan, one of the bigger singles off of Mobina Galore's 2019 album, Don't Worry. Mobina Galore, the Winnipeg punk duo made up of Jenna Priestner on guitar and vocals and Marcia Hansen on drums, formed in 2011. Since then, the band have released three full-length studio albums and a very intimate documentary on the making of their last record, Don't Worry. The documentary called Sorry I'm a Mess was released in April of this year and gives viewers an in-depth and personal look into what goes into making an album, how the duo navigate that fine line between being bandmates and life partners, as well as the ridiculously tight schedule a lot of bands find themselves in when trying to finish an entire album before leaving for months of touring. I speak with Jenna Priestner, the band's guitarist and main vocalist, about life during the pandemic and how her and Marcia have made the best of it. Uh, we also talk about the origin story of the band, as well as an in-depth chat about the documentary, Sorry I'm a Mess. Here's my chat with Jenna of Mobina Galore. so much for uh, taking the time to chat with me today. Absolutely. I think you probably know more about me now in the last couple of days, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, with, I do. Uh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've, I've actually been listening to you guys for a while. So it was really cool when the opportunity arose to do this. I just uh, finished watching the doc for the second time this morning. And now I feel like I know you both quite intimately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Let's uh let's just address the elephant in the room, the lockdown. Do you remember uh do you remember exactly what you were doing when everything started shutting down? Yeah, you know, it's kind of weird to bring yourself back to 6 months ago or whatever, right? right. And so, so sort of like the last thing I remember is being at uh, this bar called Sukrams. It's a brewery here in town. And that was like the last time we were out and having a good time just, you know, packed bar room and whatever, talking mm -hmm. about releasing the documentary because we were going to release, do a release show at, at Sucrums. And then it was like, I want to say that next day it was just, everything was just no more. Right. So that's kind of where I put myself at the beginning of everything was like the last fun time I had. That's sort <laughs> yeah. of how I think about it. Uh, and then because then it's just like everything just happens so quickly. And uh, we we're just yeah, we we're just at home and kind of prepping for a tour that obviously didn't happen and talking to some friends in Italy because they were the first place to like really get shut down. Mm -hmm. So talking to a couple of friends out there and just like thinking like, holy shit, like that's what you guys are living through right now. Cause we hadn't quite got there in Manitoba yeah. or Canada. So that was sort of the first, that was sort of the first step for me and where, where we were here in Winnipeg um, when it all kind of came to be. And yeah, you guys were gearing up for a uh, European tour. Yeah, exactly. We had, so we had announced, yeah, we had announced that one. We had some support dates with a popular German band out there, German punk band. And then we had some of our own dates and like, there's so much, every band knows there's so much work that goes into all these tours and we've got an agent over there. So it's more work for them, but it's like to just like have all these bands just have to cancel all this stuff that they put so much work into is just such a bummer. So we're like, well, I guess we're just another one of the bands that just has to post a canceled tour thing. So I just posted a picture of the tour dates and just wrote nope on it. And people <laughs> seem to like that. So I was like, right. all right, well, you guys already know you're not going to see us, but I don't know, like, what can you do? Right. So mm -hmm. we had, we had a bunch of tours canceled, but that was the only one that was announced. So, right. Yeah. 
you have you since uh, rescheduled though? I, I saw there's like some dates for 2021 potential, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, I can't even believe how quickly some of those the support dates I was talking about that band Pascal they had rescheduled those dates within like a month of pandemic, and so it was kind <laughs> of like everyone's a little more optimistic than now six months later. We're like, holy shit, okay, this is this is things aren't going to open as quickly as we had imagined. So I don't think that's happening, but they're still on our website. Right. I think yeah. you can still buy tickets. I don't know. Like, <laughs> we're probably not going to be there though. I wouldn't imagine. Right. January, January, 2021 seems a little soon. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Especially <laughs> if things keep going the way they have been. Yeah, exactly. Well, what have you been doing to not go crazy? You know, there's like a few stages, I think, that have occurred during all of this. Uh, Marcy and I are lucky that we live together, so we were able to just be isolating together automatically. I mean, there's been so much stuff going on. Like we, for example, we bought and sold a house at the beginning of all of this. So oh, that wow. was <laughs> a whole thing <laughs> in, in and of itself. And then when the stress of that went away, we moved on to like, okay, cool. Let's just do a bunch of live stream stuff. And that's when I went and bought some uh, studio monitors and uh, like this microphone and some equipment to record with. So I was like super into that for a while. Also, the weather weather wasn't super nice at this time. So it was a lot mm -hmm. of just like, you know, watching other people's live streams and hanging out inside, playing acoustic guitar a ton, which was super awesome because I hadn't done that in a while. And then as soon as it got nice out, it's like, I barely touched my guitar. I don't remember how to use this recording equipment. And <laughs> I don't know, like, I think I mentioned you have been golfing a ton. Yeah. And just like, Winnipeg is so nice in the summer. Just out, you're just outside doing stuff. Just right. whatever. Like I play on a slow pitch team. We play once a week. Just like all sorts of stuff. I don't know. It's been good. But like trying to socially distance from friends and stuff but at the same time like we had so few cases in manitoba mm -hmm. until like the last month we had like i think seven cases less than 10 cases for like four months and then a month ago everything kind of went to shit because i think we just got ahead of ourselves here oh what, what are the numbers like yeah. right now Do you know? i think i think right now we have like 280 or 300 or something but we had like oh, wow. three weeks straight of no new cases and like five five active cases, nobody in the hospital for months. And then now it's like, there's like 30 new cases every day. So comparatively, it's not as bad as other places, but still we're on like the phase four, I believe of opening where a lot of places are still maybe on like phase three. Right. I don't know. Everyone's, I don't know. Everyone's kind of weird about it too, right? Like some people want to be good and wear masks and some people just don't give a shit, aren't worried. And then you don't yeah. know what they've been up to. So it's, it's kind of tricky. So I'm trying to lay low again, but it's yeah. too hot outside. I just want to like hang out, hang yeah, out in the sun, sure. <laughs> drink beers. It's, it's tough. And like, you try to do what you can, but then also you just want to see your buddies and you want to see exactly. your family and you want to go out for fucking dinner or something or patio beers, you know, it's, yeah. And then there comes a, yeah, there comes a point when you, you, would go crazy. I could not imagine being in the States and it's like some of these places just like, Oh my goodness, trying to do yeah. your best, but seeing everyone just like not giving a shit whatsoever, mm -hmm. that would be so frustrating. So I'm just thankful that, that we live in Winnipeg where everyone usually just passes over us anyway. So we're kind of like <laughs> safe here in our little prairie bubble. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know uh, my my girlfriend's family were all in Florida doing a big road trip when the big announcement started, like, you know, when the borders are starting to get shut down. Wow. And she called them and, and they were just like, oh, no, we're just hanging out. What's up? Like, they haven't been watching the news, you know, and, uh, and she's like, you guys have to get your asses home like now. And they're like, oh, we're, we're going to come in a few days. She's like, no, like pack up today. Get over here. It was it was just such a thing. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I couldn't imagine that. That's yeah, that's crazy. We, I had some friends that were traveling overseas, too, and I'm like watching them still post these pictures of their adventures. I'm like, I wonder when they're going to come home. And then right. I think they like they kind of realized the severity of it as well. And we're like, oh, shit, we got to we got to book our flights home now. And then I think they had to pay an insane amount of money to to get back home. But, uh, you know, like probably one of the last flights out. Yeah, I, I'm very glad that we were just safe and sound at our house in Winnipeg and not canceling a tour and all that. Right. Crap yeah. that everyone had to seem to go through. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Like, it seems like when when things locked down is when everyone was gearing up to go on tour. Um, everyone totally. I've spoken to was just like, yep, like we were on the road and had to come back or uh, like the Bluestones were all the way in BC. They'd driven all the way there and then <laughs> just turned around and came back. I felt exactly. so bad. Yeah, springtime. Like everyone's just itching to tour. That's when all the bands tour. And then it's like, actually, you can't do that at all. So yeah. then you... Just, but yeah, I'm glad that we weren't somewhere and had to come home because that would have been exhausting <laughs> and yeah. expensive. Yeah. You know? yeah. I, I did see through your Instagram that you have done a couple of shows. <clears throat> yeah, we did two shows here in Winnipeg. So again, right when this all, when everything shut down, us and a band here in town called The Rippers, they... Uh, us and them were like, as soon as everything can open up, let's go to the park theater and just throw like a huge rager. The capacity there is about 350. So we're like, we'll just sell it out, throw a huge rager, a uh, fundraiser for the venue and just have a great time. All the money can go to Eric at the, who owns the park theater. It's our, it's, it's just one of the best venues, uh, best venues anywhere. And the owner's awesome. So we wanted to help him out. And then of course, you know, as we we're talking before, nothing went to where we thought it would go you know, by this time. So as soon as things started to be able to reopen, they had like 30 capacity and then 50 capacity. And then by the time I got to hundred capacity seated, like everyone, like it was a totally different layout than, mm -hmm. than we'd ever seen. Especially but Eric for a had, punk show. <laughs> especially for a punk show. Yeah, exactly. So Eric had come up with a pretty cool setup in the venue with table service and just everything was new, but it, it was a system that he came up with and it worked. So once they got to hundred capacity, we did a Tuesday, Wednesday show because no one's like the venue would have just sat empty on a Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And so it's just local bands playing at this point. Right. So we played those two shows and it was all just a fundraise for the park theater. We did, I like screen printed some, I, I don't screen print, but I have this like little kit. So I did it, made some posters, cool. screen printed some, t-shirts, like just did all this DIY stuff and, uh, like raffled off a bunch of stuff. These like denim jean vests we bought like two years ago on clearance, put some patches on them and did all these raffles and raised like a ton of money for the, for the venue and just had a blast. Like it was, it was like we were on tour for two days, but right. the venue is a block away from our house. So it was just <laughs> like, it was an epic, epic two days. And that was it kind of just like, just like a crash and burn, you know, like just as soon as it was done, it was done. Like our gear is still sitting in the cases in our jam room and haven't mm -hmm. unpacked yet. So like it felt good to be back on stage for that specific purpose. I don't think we have any plans to do shows. I don't know, just 
not and not anytime in the near future we won't plan on doing any other shows that one had a purpose mm -hmm. and it was successful and then i think that's kind of sadly but i don't know like yeah sadly i don't think we're doing anything else anytime soon well i i I think the idea behind that is so special because, you know, every everyone understands that musicians are hurting right now, but the venues who have like such high overhead, I feel like every other week here in Toronto, they're like, you know, a staple restaurant or a staple venue or bar has to close down, which it's just so sad to see. Yeah, it really is. Because yeah. they, they keep it all alive. You know, it's like if they weren't there, we couldn't do our jobs. And so we, yeah, us and the Rippers, like we have both of our bands have always had like a special place with the park theater and Eric. So that like right off the hop was like, we want to help out them as much as possible. And he's the kind of guy who didn't want to do a crowdfunding, uh, like a GoFundMe kind of page. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people did like some, and I have absolutely no problems with that, but some people just aren't into it. And I totally get that. Mm -hmm. And so there's some venues in town that did that right at the beginning and ha raised a shitload of money. And it was amazing to see so many people come out. And then when you try to do one, like, quite a few months later, everyone's kind of already given what they can give right. to try to help out bands and venues and restaurants or like whatever causes they're looking to support. So it was, it was like, we really needed to do something for him. Cause he just didn't want to put up one of those GoFundMe pages. I think someone actually ended up doing like basically convincing him to do it. And then they reached their goal and just like shut it down right away. Right. But yeah. Like, like that's a cool way to cool way to help out and like raise money for for whatever, but yeah. Anyway, that's that was that. That was super fun. Good times. Mm -hmm. Two shows, and uh, that's it. Two show tour. <laughs> Two show tour. <laughs> yeah, it's well, the best that's, one. <laughs> that's cool. And outside outside of the band, you you do freelance design work too, right? Do you do all the shirt designs for the for the band? Yeah, I do. I do all of our band stuff except I think there's one. Actually, I'm wearing it right now. This this uh, Manitoba border logo is the only one I haven't done. But yeah, I do all of our stuff, and I I do like I went to design school when we first relocated back to Winnipeg in 2011, and but like the last day of school was supposed to be like meeting up and like doing little mock interviews with potential employ employers and all this. And I was like, oh, actually my tour starts that day. And so I like skipped, <laughs> like it was kind of, I don't know. I wouldn't say it was a waste because I did learn some stuff, but mm -hmm. I, I know the bare minimums to, uh, to get by and like help out a few clients that I do have and do like a certain type of, of design, but it certainly saves us a lot of money having to like hire people out and I enjoy it. So yeah, I do that. I do that a bit on the side gig posters and um, album art and stuff like that. Cool. And uh, yeah. And Mars and I also clean, well, I clean and then I've kind of got her to help me. So yeah, okay. just like cleaning condos and this like one older lady, I clean her place. It's kind of funny. I've just always been, always been a cleaner and okay. like housekeeping in some way. So it's, right. so it's kind of, kind of random and all over the place, but it's work that I can do anytime I'm in town. Right. So that's Which kind of the great. idea. Yeah. That's such a yeah, good thing like, to have. I couldn't have like a quote unquote real job mm -hmm. with the amount of full-time like music is usually so yeah it's good what has marcy been doing to keep busy um well she was working uh, a friend of ours owns a pierogi shop and oh, a cool. catering company and so she was working for him and it's the same thing like and he loves our band too so he's like oh yeah go on tour oh my god rock and roll that's awesome see you when you get back <laughs> and then she'll be back and take a couple of days to rest and be like, Hey, I'm ready to work. And he's like, sweet. See you on Monday. And then got to go on tour. So like she would just hop in and out of that job, but then got 
legit laid off because there was no catering happening. So like half of his business wasn't running and so they didn't need as much staff. Right. So she still, she still hasn't gone back to work. Uh, she just contacted him and it's the same thing. Like they just don't have work for a lot of their employees. And she was, they have a lot of like full-time staffers and she was more of like the, the casual kind of uh, person when she was around. So unfortunately that's not happening, but she, she spends a ton of time. Like our, we've got family here in Winnipeg, like nieces and nephews and stuff. So she's always hanging out with them and uh, yeah, just kind of kicking it with her family and yeah, just spending the days like that. Yeah. Well, now's, yeah. now's the time to do it. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. That's like true. they haven't been in, kids haven't been in school for so long. So it's like, her sister is like going crazy being at home with the kids all day. Right. Yeah. So I was like, please come and save me. So we were just like, whatever, go play with the kids. Like they've kind of been in our, we've been a bubble basically. They live just a few doors, a few blocks down from us. Like we've been a bubble kind of since the beginning, you know? Right. So yeah. So it's been like that family bubble since the beginning. So we're always, yeah, just hanging out with them and they've got a, like a little above ground pool in their yard. So oh, nice. we're actually heading, heading over there as, little six-year-old birthday party tonight so crack some beers and maybe hang out in the pool it's like 34 oh, degrees so here nice. so yeah there's really little to complain about at, the, at this point i must say yeah for sure yeah <laughs> so it sounds like the yeah you've been taking full advantage of the nice weather uh it's pulled you away from your your live sets you were you were doing the Doing like all throughout April, pretty much, you know, you were teaching people how to play the songs and uh, and all of that. But now, now I understand why there's a pretty big gap, and it's it, that's totally valid and fair. Yeah, <laughs> like I love doing those happy any hours. Also, like technology and internet. Like we had to get new internet, as probably so many people did right when the yeah. song hit, because like it wasn't good enough to keep up with a video call or a stream or whatever. So we like bought all this new stuff and then had to like figure out how to use it and troubleshoot all the time. So those happy any hours that we did that are still up on YouTube for people to check out whenever, like those were super fun. And it gave, like, I need a, I kind of need a deadline and I need to give myself a task or like, I'll, I don't know, I'll just procrastinate or like right now I don't need to be writing songs. I don't need to be playing music. So that's why all of our gear is still sitting in cases. But when we were like every Friday in April, let's do this happy any hour mm -hmm. and let's make them all themed. It like really gave me a job to do that week, like to yeah. either relearn a song, learn a bunch of cover songs, troubleshoot all this equipment and then like make sure the live streams working and keep up with the comments. Like it was, I loved doing it. It was very stressful every week, but I think it was really good for me. And the feedback on it was great. Like a ton of people were mess messaging us privately after and just saying like, thank you so much. Like you're really helping me through this COVID band of the year. Like just all <laughs> these, all these positive, all the positive feedback we were getting just kind of like propelled me forward. But I think people are just people don't care anymore. Like people are hanging out outside and mm -hmm. no one wants to watch a shitty live stream of something anymore. Like if you don't have a proper setup, I don't think anyone's really gonna spend time watching yeah. or listening to it. You know, like the crap we listened to five months ago, it's hilarious, you know, I know I but know. we did it. Like it was so we're like, Oh my God, that's our buddy. Yes. And like, it's just going like, like everything's so warbly. Yeah. Like you couldn't even hear the guitar, but you're just like, yes, you're yes, doing it. It's And it's something. It's something that's not, you know, Netflix and Tiger it, King. And <laughs> Oh, my God. I totally forgot about Tiger King. Yeah. See, like that was a whole phase. Like, yeah. How long has this been? You know, I know it's like it feels years. like it's just been. Yeah, it feels like this has just been life forever. I, I forget what it was like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there was like 
uh, I remember there was people kept posting these pictures of these frothy coffee drinks for like two days. So then uh-huh. we're like, what is this weird frothy coffee thing? I like the looks of that. So we figured out what it was. We happened to have all the ingredients made it and we're like, meh, that was fine. I Post haven't a picture even of heard it. of that. Yeah. Like I couldn't even remember what it was called, but just these like weird little like two day or like week long phases that just came oh, yeah. through people's Instagrams or Facebook, like whatever oh, yeah. social media you're on. Like sourdough bread. Sourdough bread, yeah. yeah. Like Mars, Mars for sure got into baking and cooking stuff. She made these amazing donuts. Holy shit. They were like, they were so good. Never made homemade donuts before. And then would go to the store to buy flour. And of course, there's no flour. So she came home with this 20 kilogram bag of flour yes. that we <laughs> obviously still have. And there's nowhere to put it. So it just sits on our kitchen floor, you know? Yeah. Like, Oh we my just, God. I have the same thing in my kitchen right now. <laughs> it was the only bag available. She's like, yeah. I may have made a mistake at the grocery store. I was like, what could that possibly mean? And then she comes home with this bag. I was like, you know what? That's fine. Like yeah, we're going to use like it. It's the size of a cement bag. It's ridiculous. Yeah, like, that's exactly yeah. <laughs> so funny. So, you know, money well spent. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, for sure. <laughs> is she still, uh, is she still baking stuff like baking bread? Um, no, no. Is anyone? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> you, I'm definitely, I definitely am. I was trying to schedule oh, my sourdough making around because uh, we're going to Kingston to my girlfriend's family, like her brother and stepdad. It's their birthdays like around this weekend. So I promised everyone a loaf of bread each. And nice. I'm hating myself for making that promise because <laughs> sourdough is like, it's an investment. Like I've been making this since last night at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I've never done the sourdough thing, but we do make a lot of homemade pasta. We're trying to cut back oh, nice. just, you know, to be healthy and yeah, whatever. Yeah, but tough. yeah, we make, we make homemade pasta. We've, you know, we got the, the fancy cool. KitchenAid and the pasta attachment and all that kind of stuff. So we make oh, that wicked. quite a bit. That's where the 20 kilograms of flour goes right? Into, okay. and, and pizza dough. <laughs> no pizza pierogies? And pasta. No pierogies. You uh, know, I kind of want her to go back to work so that I can get some more free pierogies because they're very delicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to pay for them when like in a month when she maybe is working again, she can bring them to me. For yeah, some. exactly. Just savor it for them. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Uh, have you, have you been working on any new songs? We worked on, well, we've got one new song. We played it at, at those two park theater shows. That's kind of it. And then there's another one that sort of, I don't know. It might be half of a song. I've been more so working on solo stuff, I guess. And like just trying to get back to acoustic and like more, like I love folk music and like Americana and just like super chill music. So that's kind of what I listen to most of the time. Okay. And I kind of want to start writing songs more like that and take inspiration from those types of bands as as opposed to more like punk bands that would generally kind of, you know, create what Moby Naglore songs are now. So it's been more like solo stuff we're working on. And then seeing if any of that stuff could be translated into a Mobina style song. So I've got like a ton of new songs, but, or material, maybe not full songs, but what's going to happen with those songs? I don't really know. I'm not mm-hmm. sure that they're more Mobina style or it might be a solo thing. And I keep trying to think of a, like a name for a, a solo project that I might eventually one do, one day do but mm-hmm. i just any name i think of is already taken or just i just can't think of something that like really you know really like fits fits the mold of it so right. that's kind of mostly what i've been doing in terms of writing music which okay. i haven't done a ton of lately but that's kind of where my head's at do, do you uh remember any of the names you were kind of like that were contender names 
Um, there's one name, Weather Worn. I was looking into that one or Landlocked. Uh, Bright Eyes is one of my favorite bands, and I was I, I kind of always wanted to have a uh, have a band name come from like one of their lyrics or a song title okay. or something like that. So I was just, I remember we we're on a flight home from, I don't know where we were. And I just put on like, I was just playing through a bunch of bright eye songs, just listening through the lyrics, trying to like come up with something that might be a name. So I just have like, I've got a notes mem- uh, memo in my phone just with like a list of stuff. But, um, and then like a buddy of mine, he's got a song called weather worn that I really like. I was like, I think that could work with kind of more of like a folksy sort of storytelling. Yeah vibe you know like i feel project, that, yeah. project number two as opposed to like the this project that kind of got me going but that is a band but you know like every, there's a lot of bands that are there's like a couple of them and there's yeah. like less than a thousand plays on on uh, spotify that i'm like i don't know if yeah that matters <laughs> i know i know it's such a weird uh it's such a weird time or right like now too right at a period to the end of it and then is it a different name i yeah. don't know so <laughs> i i saw on your uh on your insta so it was for a festival that you were going to do that got canceled and you and friends just went anyway and just made like oh, a little yeah. camping trip out of it and it seemed to not end the best way possible. <laughs> oh my god yeah that was that was fun so like winnipeg folk fest is one of the I don't know, one of the best folk fests in Canada, apparently. And I'd only been for the day last year and I went to see Death Cab. They're the headliner one night. So I went that night and then I was like, oh man, that was so much fun. I need to experience the day. So like the full day. So then I got a ticket for Sunday or something like that. And um, Casey Musgraves, like country singer, she was the pop country singer. She was the closer that night. So like just lots of big bands and all sorts of other genres mixed mm-hmm. with like eight stages and like in the forest. And like, it was so cool. I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. I can't believe I've never been to this. And, uh, it's like a Winnipeg staple friends have been going for like forever. So I was like, this is the year 2020. We're getting our tickets. We got like the early bird tickets. We booked our campsites like right away. And then come April, we're like, well, clearly this festival isn't happening, but will camping still be able to happen? So camping was able to happen, which was cool. So we all still went out to uh, the campsites and everything. And we're there for four nights and we were there for four nights and kind of friends sort of came and went. And then like 30 degree weather every day, super gorgeous. And we had a system, which I suppose in the end was flawed, but we would just keep the van keys on the front seat of the van and it was just always unlocked because you're going in like grabbing your shit whatever Mm -hmm. putting stuff away keeping your food in there and whatever and then on the last morning we were the last ones to leave and of course it started raining that morning we like wake up we're like oh man like oh this is gonna suck like packing our we packed up most stuff but we still had some things to tear like our tent and whatever and then mars gets up and i just like i don't hear the van door open i just like see her walk back and like crouch down and like look through the tent and and I'm like, oh, fuck. I was like, some's not. And she just laughs and she's like, the van keys are locked in the van. And I was like, damn it. Like, we've been putting the keys on the seat, which is obviously not the best idea. Van on the, the keys on the seat for four nights and four days, leaving the van unlocked, no problem. So we have no idea what happened. Obviously, we were drinking all weekend, but like, so we wake up and we're like, what the fuck do we do? And it was Monday. So like some people were working and aren't able to just like come help us. And we're about 45 minutes outside the city. 
But luckily we've got a buddy who he works in the restaurant industry. So I think Mondays are usually his days off, but usually he's sleeping in and this would have been at like nine in the morning or something. Mm -hmm. So we like trying to call him and text him. He's not answering because he's sleeping. We call his partner and then she finally gets his message. And sure enough, he like went to our place, grabbed our spare set of keys that we actually weren't even sure were the correct spare set of keys. Oh, wow. So that was like, that was like a little <laughs> sketchy. He rolls up and we're like, Oh God. So he like pushes the button and it honks. And we're like, God, oh, thank God. Cause it, I, I thought that they might be for the old van I had like a couple oh, years no. ago and it's like the same key. So and we had just moved, so it's like I think they're in this spot, whatever. Right. So he ended up he ended up saving the day. He shows up and just laughed at us, and we're like, okay, cool. Well, uh, have a nice drive back to the city. <laughs> we're gonna pack up all of our wet shit now, and so it was like a really, really, really great weekend, and uh, just with a kind of a bummer of an ending. But like we just laughed, you know. It's like right, yeah. At that point, like at that point, what do you even do, right? Just yeah thankful that we had like if dylan couldn't have come to get us i honestly don't know what we would have done i guess we would have called a locksmith or whatever (laughs) camped longer yeah (laughs) i think we were out of food still had beer but like yeah that was pretty funny but good times good times all around no regrets uh maybe a new key maybe a new key system next time like not yeah yeah, maybe keep in, it in the tent. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And then we were talking to a friend about it who was there because she's like, oh, that's so funny. Like, didn't know that it happened. She's like, what? I usually when I camp, like she has her keys that she leaves in her purse or whatever is like in uh, in her car. And then she has just a spare key. She just keeps it in her luggage in the tent. I'm like, that's brilliant. Like, why didn't why didn't you tell me this before? <laughs> I don't camp a lot. Like, I'm right. good at camping, but not... I guess I'm bad with like locking keys in cars and running out of gas and stuff like that. So it was like, it was, it was a learning lesson, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Probably won't happen again. Maybe <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, I imagine it was my fault. I don't know. Let's oh, go so with the, it was you don't know who the fault. culprit was. <laughs> we don't know. I don't know what happened. So I, I'll blame myself. It's, it's probably something I would do. Oh, that's funny. Well, one of the, uh, <laughs> One of the silver linings uh, during during all of this is that uh, you had this documentary that had been shot for the making of Don't Worry. Yeah. Something big that I noticed with bands is pushing content out and still staying engaged with your audience. So at least you had you had that. You had something like new and something people could could watch. And it's great. It's such a good documentary. Like I said, I watched it a couple of times. Uh, yeah. Saw thanks. new things in each one. And it, it's so personal too, right? It, it's such a, an intimate look at what it's mm-hmm. like to make an album. And oh God, when you were writing, well, when you were recording the Oh Irene song, like that was just such a special moment too. And just a great documentary. So that kudos for that. Thank you. My first question is why did you have the crazy deadline of like, we have to finish the album and then fly out? Because that's what I do to <laughs> us. <laughs> like Again, all me. <laughs> Like if, if it wasn't for me, none of this would have happened, but also if it wasn't for me, like, or if somebody else had any input, it wouldn't have been, I, I, this always happens. Like I just set ourselves up for way too many things and we're possible of doing, and then somehow we do it anyway. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was all me. Um, but the tour (laughs) was, the tour was with single mothers and like, we've loved them forever and have always wanted to tour with them and had a tour the year before something like fall through or I can't remember what had happened. It was just last minute or something. So we didn't end up playing the tour with them. So when this one came up, it was like, hell yeah, we're going on that. And then we had a trip. We had got on, like we never go on vacation really ever, but we went on this Mexico, um, 
I don't know if you know Brandy Carlisle. She's a like Americana singer. No. She won a bunch of Grammys this year. She's amazing. And she um, she hosted this festival in Mexico. Uh, girls just want a weekend and she's gay. So like pretty much everyone at this resort and you're there just for the festival. So it was like mm -hmm. 90% all just like gay women. So it was amazing and had the best time just performances. They perform every day. Like, yeah, it was just a big party as you can imagine at an all-inclusive. Mm -hmm. So we had that. And then, so this is where, <laughs> this is where my musical uh, taste gets, well, you can already tell it's kind of all over the place. Mm -hmm. So we had that. And then like the day after we got back, Justin Timberlake was playing at MTS Center. And I was oh, like, hell I yeah, I need to go see Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Such a babe. <laughs> love him. His songs are mostly terrible, but like, I don't know. I just love him. Yeah. So yeah, I, I never, totally agree. I, I totally get that. <laughs> especially his new record. It's uh, terrible. But yeah. like his, his singles are good, but I don't know. I just love him. So never seen him before. So we're like, we're doing it. We're getting floor tickets to this. They were like 250 bucks or something stupid, probably more than that actually. And so we had that and then we had the single mothers tour. So it was like, okay, well within all this time, like we had all these little things happening. We needed to squish stuff into places. Like that's right. kind of how our schedule ends up working. Like making and an album. Like making an album. So we're like, okay, so <laughs> we need to, so I don't know what came first. It was I, you know, I just, I don't know. Like if we had the album scheduled first and then we had all these other things come up that were like, oh damn, we got to go to that. So then it kind of, and then it's like with all of that surrounding the recording, we needed to like practice for the recording and then practice for the tour. Like, right. I don't know. It was it's like saying it out loud. I don't understand what, <laughs> like how that all worked out, but it worked out. This does seem to be a theme, at least from something I, I picked up from the documentary. It's kind of how the band started out, too, because you were just like, oh, we're going on tour. We're doing it. And then that's how yeah. you kind of force yourself, like you said, into these situations and you always come out on top. Yeah, I think that's just kind of how my like my, my brain is always kind of turning, which I think is what's really, you know, trying to think on the positive side with this global pandemic going on. But I just like I need this downtime because I, otherwise I don't give it to myself. And I'm very aware of that. Like there's times when Mars is like, okay, you're not allowed to open your fucking computer on Sundays or like mm -hmm. you need to take a day off a week where you're not being like, Hey Mars, what do you think about this merch design? Or like, Oh, I had this cool idea. Why don't we email this person and see if they want to get together and blah, blah, blah. She'll <laughs> just be like, just chill out. So like, I need this downtime. Mm -hmm. So otherwise, like in the documentary, it's all just, it all just happens at once. But I also, I think I, I, I do well in those types of environments. It's just knowing when to say no, which sometimes I can be bad at in terms of like, I don't know, cool opportunities and good mm -hmm. times. So yeah, but like, I, I get that. Yeah. But it all worked out, you know, like because we didn't have a choice, I think that's part of it. Like you don't have a choice, but to do all of these things that you've scheduled that like legit have a schedule, like a tour, you can't postpone that. Like you need to, you need to finish like in mm -hmm. the documentary, there's the one part where I'm like, cause we're not coming back once, like once we, once we leave here today, we're not coming back. And that like, that wasn't fake in any way. Like nothing mm -hmm. in the doc was fake. You know, it was like, like that was that last day when we we're sitting there and we had like all the shit to do. And something came up with JP, the producer with a different project. And he was, away from us for like three hours that morning. And we're sitting there stressing out, like so mad at him. We're like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Like, we're paying you for our time right now. And obviously like he, you know, we didn't have to pay for that time that we were, that he was off kind of like putting out another fire, 
But we're just like, we have so much to do, yeah. but we still, still managed to get it done somehow. So it was, it, yeah, it was good. And the tour was great. Like on the road with single mothers in Western Canada, which we both have a draw in, in Western Canada. So that was fun. And then, uh, in the States, we didn't have like so much of a draw out on the coast, but they had a bit of a draw. So it was like, yeah, it was just super cool. Just getting to know some of those guys a little bit better and watching them play every night. Cause they're for sure. One of my favorite bands, mm-hmm. especially yeah, they're, live. They're awesome. Like yeah. I just, yeah, just such a fan and just getting to know Drew a little bit better. Like our first record cities away in the thank yous. I thanked a bunch of bands that were like, I'd love to, uh, something about like, let's play shows together one day. And then like listed a bunch of bands and they were one of them. So it's cool to look back on that record and be oh, like, full circle. Oh shit. Like we played with them. Like we played with prop and against me. And I think those are the only ones in there so far that we got to play with, but it was like, that is cool to even check off one of those bands, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. almost like a dream board. Putting exactly. It up, putting it out there like the secret or whatever yeah. that was. <laughs> so how, how do you guys know the director? How do you know Marty? Marty is a musician here in town. He plays in a bunch of bands. His main band is called Clipwing. They're really cool. Again, like Winnipeg has so many bands and so many amazing bands and musicians in the punk world, but none of them really tour ever. So they're just like huge in Winnipeg and then no one really knows who they are anywhere else. But yeah, you should check them out. They're called Clipwing. They're really cool. And he sings and is the songwriter in that band. And he started doing film, I don't know, like working for a film company or something like that. And he kind of always wanted to do something on his own, like his own project. And Mm -hmm. I just sent him an email one day. I was like, Hey, how do you feel about coming into the, sorry, I have a, I actually have a cold right now, which is a very odd feeling. So, um, pardon my, yeah, no, no uh, worries. uh, My sniffles and whatnot. But yeah, I sent him an email. I was like, Hey, do you want to come into the studio and just shoot some footage or something? I'm pretty sure that was the email, like just super vague, no specificity to it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then he's like, yeah, sounds great. So we showed up to our place before we were loading in to the venue or into the studio. And he's like, so I'm just going to mic you guys up every day and just follow you around and we'll see what happens. I was like, sweet. Sounds good. Cool. Like didn't know what we were, what we were into. And then just decided like, let's just go full on. Let's do like a pre-interview before we start recording while JP's just getting all his things set up on his end. And then we'll just, he'll just come in as much as he can in between his other jobs and film everything. And then we'll just keep the mics rolling all day long and then we'll do an interview after, and then we'll just see what we want to do with it. So like we were buddies with him before we were, I'd say we were like musical acquaintances with each other before. And then as you can imagine him literally following us around with a camera for 13 days, like we're, we're buds now, like we're buds for life. And he's like watching through, 50 hours of footage over and over. Like he knows us well, probably better than we know him. <laughs> right, of course. Yeah, for sure. But it was just great. So now we're, and he was stoked because it was his first project that he got to do on his own and he got cool. some funding from it, from the government as well. Um, national film board, I think, cause I don't know anything about like film funding. Oh, yeah, so he got tough. some like, yeah, I'm familiar with the music stuff, but he knows all the film stuff. So he was able to get some grants to cover a bunch of costs and, like I still just the other day I sent him money because like we never even talked about like payments or anything because he was just like I don't know how much this costs I don't even know what we're doing I was like I don't know what we're doing either and I also don't know what this costs so it was kind of <laughs> just like experience in a sense but the amount of work that he did like we'll just send him money every once in a while and be like 
do you still need more money? Like, I don't know. I don't <laughs> right. know if like we still owe you or like you did a really good job, but I don't know. Maybe we're, maybe we've settled, settled our, whatever our balance was, but right. it was great. Like, I'm so stoked that we did that. Yeah. I kind yeah, of forget it's great. about it. Like that, that's out there, you know? Oh, really? Yeah. Until like talking just today or the other day with you about it. I was like, oh yeah, the documentary. Yeah. I was like, there's of course. <laughs> like, because we watched it so many times, like doing the edits and like once we figured out and like really game planned what we wanted, like what the vision was going to be for this and what sort of the storyline and how we were going to share uh, and what songs we were going to share and wh- how deep we wanted to get into how the band met and who we are as people and everything. So once we kind of solidified how that was looking, Marty and I got together a few times at his place and just looked through footage and sort of edited it on the fly. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool to be part of that process because you're not really like making music videos. You just like usually the director or like videographer has the idea has like the visual idea mm-hmm. and then they just give you a couple edits and that's that but this was like our story Very you know on. yeah and so it was really cool to be part of that and uh but we watched it so much at at the start just making sure all the edits and everything were were um were good that now I don't think we've watched it like probably since it, like we released it in April I don't think hmm. I've watched it since I could watch it again. I don't know. It's cool. Like, I'm yeah. like, that is really how I am, is it? <laughs> <laughs> was it, uh, <laughs> what was it like seeing, seeing yourself? Like w- when you were first looking, looking through the footage and seeing some of those, so those scenes lay out, like, what was it like seeing it for the first time? Like, I don't find it too strange for myself. I think Marcia was more like, oh, I don't like seeing myself on camera. Like she doesn't really love photo shoots and doing the videos, but it comes with it. So obviously you have to, but mm-hmm. me, like, I like it. I like I like all that kind of the, I don't know, the showbiz in the camera kind of stuff that you need to do as an active band. So seeing myself on camera was like, it wasn't a big deal, but it was like, it just kind of reaffirmed that like, yeah, I can be like pretty serious, like business when we're, when we're talking band stuff and when we're in the studio, like sometimes I'd find it hard to just like relax and enjoy myself. I'm like, we need to get this done. This needs to be perfect. And it's like, so sometimes there'd be like shots of me. I'm like, just chill out, you know, like, right. But then like, it was cool because Marty was able to capture all that stuff. Like I think the middle part where there's just sort of like frustration and, and annoyance and boredom. And like, he just was able to capture it perfectly because it was just real. Like it was how we were reacting. So we're able Mm -hmm. to laugh at ourselves big time. Like, like, yeah, some of those scenes, like we just laugh so hard and some of the stuff that's not even in there, just the hilarious b-roll like uh, footage that marty wanted to put you know like at the end of the doc Mm -hmm. just as like there's a couple things at the end there like just so much stupid shit that probably we would only think is funny like in you know in the moment but right yeah there's just there's hilarious stuff in there that it's like what the fuck are we even talking about (laughs) you know like this weird the weird language you speak that we talk about in the doc it's like it's Mm -hmm. so real and he'd be like check out what jp said here i'm like the fuck does that even mean? Like out of context, it's just so, it's right. just such a weird, like recording is just such a weird process, you know? Like it's, I don't know, everyone, do, everyone does it different. There's lots of ways to do it. And but yeah, it was, that was really fun. I'm really glad we did that. But we didn't get to have a little party like we, we planned to, but we just, um, Sukram's the brewery here. They, um, Andrew, he's the owner and he's a fan of our band too. So he's like, yeah, hell yeah. Bring all, like bring all your friends here and we'll screen the doc. And since that didn't happen, 
since that didn't happen, he just like gave us a flat of beer. And so all, all of our happy any hours were like, and today we are drinking sucrums and just like, <laughs> what are you drinking? Mar? Like just this, just beautifully, um, crafted, uh, placement ad- yeah. advertising yeah. placements in Super our videos. Subtle. Yeah. <laughs> we like put the, the can like just in yeah, here I'm yeah. Like, with my Starbucks cup. Yeah. <laughs> With this nice, uh, yeah, I'm drinking out of a Starbucks. People can't see this, so obviously. So something I really did like about about the doc is that you you had a little bit of uh, kind of the origin story on how you guys met and and all of that. And you met in Fernie, BC, which I had never heard of. Oh, yeah. I, I've only lived in Canada for uh, like 13 years, and I haven't been out to BC that often. So I, if it is a well-known place, I apologize. But no. <laughs> what, what were you doing in Fernie? So Fernie's a mountain town. Um, I had moved there. I think I was 19 when I, yeah, I was 19 when I moved there just to go snowboarding. And it's just like, you just snowboard and party. And then it's like, oh my God, it's snowing. Yeah, this is so awesome. Let's drink a bunch of beer at the pub. And then, and like get up early to go snowboarding. And then morning would come and I'm like, oh, but now I'm hungover. Like I don't want to go snowboarding. So it's like, just, just this constant, but like you're in your young twenties. Like it's, you can rebound very quickly. Yeah, you just have a beer and then you I can mean, go, go snowboarding. You, that's exactly it. Yeah. You just work like whatever job. So that was like, that's just like a lifestyle there. So I moved there independently. Uh, and then like from, from Marcia, where? We did, from Edmonton. I grew up Edmonton, in Edmonton. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and Marcia is from Winnipeg and we didn't know each other at the time, but she, uh, so a couple years after that, uh, a friend, her and a friend wanted to go to the mountains just kind of wherever. And a friend, so I grew up in Edmonton, but I did live in Winnipeg for a couple of years when I was in grade two and three. And my best friend at that time was still a friend or like was currently a friend of Marcia's and her sister. So just oh. kind of like small world sort of thing. Yeah. So this girl, Kirsten, who was my best friend in grade two said to Marcia, she's like, Oh, my old best friend. And like, at this point we're just, you know, Facebook friends as mm-hmm. everyone would be. It was like 2007 or 2006 or something. Right. Oh yeah. So when Facebook so is hot. So it's like, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Facebook is hot. So we're like friends on Facebook, me and this Kirsten girl. And then, uh, and then, uh, Marcia was like, okay, well, you know, one person that lives there, that's good enough for me. So her and her friend <laughs> moved there. She like stalked me on Facebook a little bit. And then, uh, so she knew me moving to Fernie, but I didn't know her. And then we just ended up meeting again through mutual friends. Fernie has a lot of people from Winnipeg that, that go through there. I'm not sure what the, what the story behind that is, but, uh, there's, yeah, there's just like, I always had a Winnipeg connection since I first moved there, like aside from Marcia. And then, uh, when she moved there, we ended up, yeah, we ended up meeting. And then I just had like a whole, I just had a jam room with like, I had drums, guitar. I had a roommate who also had a, he had an electric guitar and an amp and I had my acoustic at that time only. And like a bass and a keyboard, just like a bunch of random instruments kind of mm-hmm. collected throughout the years. And we would just, play music. Marcia's like, yeah, I've drummed before. I was like, great, let's, we're starting a band. And our roommate (laughs) played keyboards. So, and guitar as well. So we just, this was an old band. Like we started some band, I don't know, a long time ago. And I played acoustic. It was like poppy, folky. I don't know. It's kind of hilarious. There is actually one video that you, if you, if you crept hard enough somehow, I don't know how you'd find it, but there is one video on YouTube. So I challenge you to find this video. It's just so funny. Like I can't take that video down. I've taken everything else down of like, like terrible live shows that we played 
in like 2008 or whatever it was before we started Mobina Galore because it's just kind of embarrassing. Everyone has a past though, you know, like whatever. Absolutely. A deep, dark YouTube past. But there's like, yeah, there's one video that's still up there. And it's just like remind, it just reminds me of the good old Fernie days, you know, and for sure. Yeah. So kind of, yeah, just nostalgia. Nostalgia. Totally. So it all started there. And, um, like we started the band, we started dating at the same time. So it kind of all just sort of went hand in hand. And, and then, um, once we started playing Mobina, like we started that in, it was like 2011, I think it was end of 2011. And we had like three songs. And I think I actually listened to the songs, just demos that we recorded on this, like boss eight track digital recording thing that I have. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah, like we just recorded our own songs and like, it's funny because they're not te- like, they're kind of terrible, but they're not super terrible, but we just didn't have, like, we didn't know what we were striving to be at that right. time, you know, like when you're starting your band, of, just... it was for fun, but I was like still booking us tours and like Mars is <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like <laughs> I barely know how to play these drums. I'm like, well, I barely know how to play this guitar. So let's just take it on the road. Right. Yeah. So that it's just like, it's just been like that since the beginning, I think. <laughs> and then finally, like eventually kind of between album one and two, I found my voice, like physically found my voice and like where and how I wanted to be singing. Mm-hmm. And then between album two and three, I was like, I can't sustain a voice like this. So then I had to like find a new, like another new voice <laughs> for our latest record. Don't worry. Because I was like, I can't just scream every day live, like playing live shows. Like I can't right. just scream on a tour every day. And then like, cause we're always at the merch table, like chatting with people and just like talk to people all night and then you go sleep at someone's house and then they want to chat up. Like you just can't sustain it. So I was like, before don't worry, I kind of started like trying to sing a little bit more and have more like harmonies in them mm-hmm. in, uh, in the mix. So, uh, I don't know what the original question was, but now I'm just on a long tangent about oh, um, we just, the, e- the evolution of Mobina galore. That's pretty much what the question was. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. It was, well, it was <clears throat> what brought you both to, uh, Fernie. Yeah. So I guess what's that? You had this jam room where were you, have you always been musical? Yeah, I've, my brother is a couple years older than me and he played guitar and he listened to punk music. Like he's the one that got me into punk rock when I was like 13 or yeah, like 12 or 13. Okay. And so he got me into punk rock and he was playing guitar. So then I was like, well, I want to be cool and I want to play guitar. So then I started taking guitar lessons with his guitar when I was 13, like on his electric guitar Okay. and picked it up, like picked it up super quickly. <clears throat> and then, and then from there it was just like, oh, well, if I can play guitar, I can just write a song. Like I was always writing in journals and stuff as a, as a kid and a teenager and stuff. So kind of just like taking that idea and just turning it into songwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's sort of, that's sort of how it all started. And then like I had to play, you know, when like your parents are like, you need to play an instrument or like you're <laughs> yeah. in school. It's like, you got to play the recorder. You got to do this or that. <laughs> like that was kind of just always in my life. And we okay. always had a piano at our house. And so like, I kind of dabbled a little bit and then, um, wanted to play drums when I was in grade, I think I was in grade 10. So my parents bought us three kids, a set of drums, but really they were just for me. So then like I had like this super (laughs) shitty, like you look back on them now and they're just like these giant toms, like just like the (laughs) hugest kit. So yeah, kind of just always had, had music around and got some musical, musical people in our family that also like play and write and stuff like that. So right. it's, yeah, it's kind of always been, always been with me in one form or another. Mm-hmm. Does your brother still play? 
Not really. Like he does some, he, I think he still dabbles a little bit, but mm-hmm. he's, he's more of like a working, working guy, making some money and right. living, living that life has, you know, has a family a normal, and stuff like that. Normal so life. Living a normal life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he's like, he loves that I'm in a band. So that's, so that's cool. He like, he says he lives vicariously through me. So oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where did the band name come from? It's like, we kind of just made it up. Like there's not really a story or anything that goes along with it. We just wanted something that was weird and different. And like, when you look us up, it's the only thing we didn't want a band name that sounded like anything else. And like you Google us and you're not ever going to find like the wrong yeah band. it's the you know first I mean? thing that comes up yeah yeah so that and it's funny because i get all these stupid emails like i got a couple the other day that are in like four different uh, like coloring of the font and it's like hello miss or madam mobina galore i'm like that's <laughs> not my name I'm like i work for a search engine seo and your rankings aren't coming up and i'm like well the funny thing is they are because there's no other mobina galore like i get these emails all the time i'm like junk uh, junk junk yeah that's so funny. it's pretty funny like we're the only thing that pops up and we wanted just a weird name with like that but i don't know okay it's it's not like a it's not a good story no, well no it's it, just I what mean, it, it is, totally you know? works this i <laughs> yeah. um i was trying to figure it out on my own and uh, i was like hey well what does mobina mean mm. and it is a name right it's an Islamic it's a name. name which means yeah. illuminating and i was like oh illuminating galore and i was like oh it's so cool <laughs> so. yeah no but you know it's it's it, it ended up that way for us like we didn't know that right away and then we started getting tagged in like before we had the mobina galore band page like early facebook years you just have like your name, you just have like, I'd have like my Jenna Priestner account and then I'd have a Mobina Galore. So you'd be a person and not like a page. Yes. I would start getting tagged in, in photos of people that weren't us. And so we started looking it up and then saw that there was like a B, uh, in British Columbia, there's a, like a, I don't know, a ML or I don't know, someone in the government that had a, uh, that had the name Mobina. And we're like, oh, damn. This, that must be why we're getting tagged in all these pictures because it's a woman's name. I was like, right. well, that's kind of fitting. So we still get tagged in pictures every once in a while. And I've gotten like <laughs> probably three messages over the years. Someone's like, oh my God, my name's Mobina too. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's so funny. I was like, we're a band. Like I had no idea this was the name. They're like, that's so cool. <laughs> so I don't know. It ended up working out, but yeah. it, was, it definitely wasn't intentional, but it's better than like, you know, some people have a band name that they don't think has a certain meaning or like connotation to it. And then years later you find out that like it resembles this or I don't know, has a has a different meaning in a negative way. So it kind of worked out, uh, worked out in our favor that it's, yeah, it's like a a woman's name. Yeah. Which is in specific, like certain cultures in like the middle East, I think, or Persian or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Very lucky that it ended up being a a positive thing or at least like a neutral thing, I guess. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Do you know the band Seether? Yeah. So Seether's originally from South Africa, which is where I'm from. And they oh, okay. used to be called Sarin Gas, oh, which, okay. which was, you know, a fine name. But they had to change to Seether because Sarin Gas is what they used in World War II to like, that's what the Nazis were using. And they had oh. no idea. They were like, oh, we just thought it was a cool thing. But yeah, right, so it, yeah. it could totally go the opposite way, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't know that. But that's that's exactly it. Yeah, that's. I feel like there's been a quite a few bands out of, <clears throat> for for good reason. And I I commend them for it for for changing their name or updating their name just to uh be aware of what what the word 
means to some people, you know, Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. keep it neutral. I like, I like that, that look at it, just keeping it neutral and you can't offend anybody and piss anyone off or exactly. They got, there's enough shit for people to be pissed off about online. Like why make your band name or like your album name or something like more complicated for people to hate you whatever yeah, exactly just, exactly people like just love poking holes and everything these days so yeah exactly yeah well another great part of the of the documentary was seeing your relationship with jp and how you guys found found well how you found him which was also just such a punk rock thing i found was just like <laughs> looking at the back of your favorite albums i mean like holy shit this guy's here and totally yeah and it it really just seeing that that energy that you have in the room and what he brings to the table it's it's definitely like he's your music sherpa absolutely yeah we really we really lucked out when we met him and it yeah it was just that like looking on the back of like cd booklets or whatever and it's like oh man this prop album and obviously when you live in winnipeg and you listen to punk rock like Propaganda is already one of the best bands in the world, but you're just like, holy shit, like we live in the same city. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, maybe there's a chance that someone with this new prop record doesn't live in the States or like too far away <clears throat> and ideally Winnipeg. And then, yeah, sure enough, he did. And we sent him like, what? I don't even know what we would have sent him, like a demo of whatever it was, like he liked it enough or could hear enough of what we were looking to do or like the potential in in this one song i think it would have been bad love song which is like we never we don't play that song anymore but it's like that we had a placement on a tv show with that song and it gets like the most radio play like through so can like that's the song that still gets the most radio play and like pays us the most money even though we just don't play it anymore mm-hmm. but um yeah that was the song that kind of like got it all going and and it's cool because the first record was that had bad love song was like everything guitar bass like tons of guitar like all sorts of there's just all sorts of shit in there just to like pile on there's keys and there's um, like violin on one of the songs that jp played and then with don't or with feeling disconnected our second record when we went back to jp again because it was such a great experience but we had a new we had more experience and and a proper vision of what we wanted to do and he was which was just drums and guitar and vocals no bass like no overdubs just kind of like straight up kind it's of proper rock, duo like, duo yeah, band, yeah more like live vibe and he just like he sat he's like okay yeah i'm on board like he just <laughs> he took a second and then he's like sweet i'm in and then it's like and then his brain has to work in a different way because usually you know you do things in a certain in a certain order in the studio for the most part and with bass being completely removed from that and not an option and no no keys no like extra instrumentation in there anywhere to like fill up any any frequencies that might you know be lacking with uh, no bass and stuff like that he he had to work in a different way and it was fucking awesome so then Mm -hmm. the third record we're like well we'll go back to him now because we have an even clearer vision of what we want to do and it's a mix between those two records and that's kind of what don't worry was was not going too crazy with extra stuff but also like I don't know, like we want people to listen to the record and we want uh, satellite radio or because commercial rock radio is complete bullshit. But like Mm -hmm. if they want to play it, that's great. But like you kind of have to you have to have a certain type of sound. And some people who don't generally listen to punk rock might like our band or might like certain bands because they're not just in that sort of niche punk rock. Right. Like just kind of like the classic tempos and yeah and strumming patterns and stuff like that. So we wanted to sort of break that and try to reach 
fans that wouldn't necessarily have found us to begin with, you know? Right. Yeah. So that was, and he was just on board with all three totally different ideas we had for each of those records. So it's just like, yeah, it's just really cool, but it, it would be, it'll be interesting someday when we work with someone else, because we're just so used to working with him now that we're mm -hmm. like, so are we just like, is this what we do or will we venture out some other time? But like, we're so comfortable. It's in our own city. He does a fucking awesome job. And, uh, yeah, it's like, we're so glad that we met him and he's so, he's just such a lovely guy to, uh, to work with mm -hmm. and he loves spicy food and we love spicy food. And there was this market they've since moved, but it was just right across the street from his, um, his studio. And it was an African Jamaican market and they sold just the most amazing hot sauces and snacks. And we would just go there and get samosas and just dip them in like he'd be like, try this one. And it's like just these chunky, like mango. Can't remember what they're called now. Uh, like mango. Chinese? Yeah. But like, but, but different, like it has a word and I just can't think of what it is. And it's just a different type of heat. Okay. And it's just so amazing. So we would just sit there at lunchtime and just like burn our faces off with like <laughs> all this super spicy hot sauce. And we're like, all right. And we're like, okay, we need a beer. <laughs> okay. And I'd be like, all right, let's go, uh, let's go back to work. So it was just yeah. like, we just had a fun relationship outside of recording as well. Like we were able to kind of snap in and out of it. Right. And I think that, I think that helps quite a bit. Do you ever, do you ever hang out outside of working together? We have not like hung out per se, but we've seen each other out and like, we've had a beer out at a show. Like if he's, cause he's worked on obviously a ton of local bands and mm -hmm. uh, he'll, head out to release shows and stuff like that. And so we've, we've seen him around and, and stuff like that, but we've, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those types of relationships. But again, too, he works all the time. He's got a family, <laughs> he's got uh, like teenage kids and stuff. So very different lifestyles, but he's always talking right. about how he like wants to come on the road with us and like do sound. And he's like, Oh, it'd just be so fun. Like one of your kind of just like prairie loops that you do, like, it'd just be so cool. I'm like, well, our shows aren't that big. Like, I don't think we need, <laughs> I don't think we need like, but if we go on like a big support tour, we're like, sure. So yeah. who knows? Like, you know, it's one of those relationships that could kind of go in, you know, can kind of go in a bunch of different ways and we'll for sure be connected with him forever uh, in, to some, some degree. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He definitely, definitely seems like such a, such a sweetheart and such a yeah. oh, fun yeah. person to work with. Yeah. And I mean, now that I'm thinking of you having watched the documentary, you really get to see his personality too, because like yeah. he's as part of this doc as we are as well, because it's him producing this with us. So yeah. So you get like a good taste of his, his sense of humor and his mannerisms and how he records and stuff. I think it's just really interesting, like back to the documentary. I just think it's interesting for people to see what that process is, whether you play music or not, because mm -hmm. some people are just like, so you go to the studio, like, what does that look like? Yeah. And it's, it's hard like, to explain. What do you do for 12 hours? Like they don't, <laughs> don't understand. <laughs> right. And you're like, um, you know, I don't know. We do like, we end up with this product at the end, but like, so yeah, it's cool just to be able to like throw that out there. Something else that stood out in a big way was obviously yours and Marcy's relationship. You guys are so cute together. It's it's so interesting. And I always love couple bands. I guess that's the term, couple bands. Sure. Have you ever like had a fight outside of a recording session and then having, having to come in and just put, like leave it at the door and then we have to work right now? Like, Yeah, that's more of a tour thing for right. sure. Um, this like, but I know what you're saying. So. Uh, you know, it's beca because we've been dating and in this band for 
the same amount of time. Like both of them happened at the same time. It's, it is all we know with our relationship with each other. So we're used to hanging out together all the time. Mm -hmm. And like, um, some, somebody is uh, Jason Isbell. He's a, uh, folk singer, Americana singer. He tweeted at the beginning of like this pandemic, it said something about something about like, he's like any couples who haven't toured together are really going to struggle through this pandemic. Like he just made some kind of right like, yeah. point on that. And I was like, holy shit, no kidding. Cause him and his wife tour together all the time. So they're stuck at home together, but no big deal. And then all the other people are stuck at home together, like losing their minds. I could yeah. imagine. <laughs> and for us, we're just like, great. We just, get to hang out. But now we just get to hang out at home. Yeah. So we're used to it. So we don't fight a ton. I, I don't think, uh, so it's, it really is just separating. And we had this discussion quite a few years ago about like, like when the band was kind of moving forward and knowing that this is what we are going to be doing for the foreseeable future. It's like, let's just find a way to just separate, separate the two. And mm-hmm. we kind of touch on it in the documentary as well, but like, just check out a relationship and be like, okay, we're just in, like, we need to get work done. This is what we're doing. You just put all that, all those other, like uh, just all the other shit aside that could be like clouding your mind. So we found, I find it kind of easy to sort of switch in and out of that, but it's when we're on the road, like when you are living in a van together, like that's different yeah, like than on top a house. of each other. <laughs> yeah. Constantly. And like, and so that can be a struggle of like you bicker, I would say 99% of our bickering happens when we're driving like, and cause Mars does most of the highway driving and she doesn't like driving in the city, but I like driving in the city. Like I'll drive in New York, like Manhattan, LA. Like I think oh it's fun. God. I enjoy it. Like I'm all about it. <laughs> so Can't thankfully yeah, and she, uh. and she's just sitting there. She's just sitting there like, good God, like losing her mind. So if she ends up ever being the one, like we tag off at the wrong time. And all of a sudden we're rolling into this big city and she gets like, starts getting stressed out. And I'm like, that was your exit. Like, like we start just yelling. Like I get so mad and, uh, (laughs) just like, just read the maps, blah, blah, blah. Like it's right there in front of you. And I start getting mad and then we'll just be like furious at each other. And it's usually about driving. That's like generally our, uh, what our fights are about, but then it's like, okay, well now we're going into the venue and we're not going to walk in here fucking bickering like a couple in front of people. Cause we've right. seen people do that before and it is so annoying. It's like, yeah, it's, you know, you gotta check that. You gotta check, that everything. Out, check that out the door. Like mm-hmm. I get, we, we even had a couple of friends. They were not in a relationship. They're just friends and they're in a band together. But if they did, if they were like mad at each other that day, like they were just, I don't know, they're like two cats, like just fighting all the time on stage. You could tell like, and they would be yeah. putting on a great show, like great music. And they would just glare at each other. And it's like, come on, like people can see that, you know? Oh, feel so, it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, man, like you are not doing anything for yourselves on stage here. Like people know what's up right now. So mm-hmm. we're, we've just become pretty good at just turning that off and like, checking into band mode, but then being very supportive, like, cause we do know how to support each other in a relationship way. And you can translate that into band, even if you're backstage and we're nervous before a big show, like open up for a big band or something. And it's like, fuck, like I'm so nervous. And then it's just like, we can talk each other into, uh, just into like settling down and, uh, settling mm-hmm. the nerves a little bit, like with that relationship experience, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, we've, we've managed to navigate it for, 11 years now. So it's, it's working, it's working somehow. Right. Yeah. We get I, home f- I, I was you, just gonna say, we get home from tour and I like shut down for like a good couple days. And I think mm-hmm. that's a big part of it too, is realizing when you need that space 
And before I'd be like, are you mad at me? Or like, what's wrong? And now we just know, like, as soon as I get home from tour, I'm like, I'm not talking to anyone. I'm not answering my phone. Like I'm not seeing friends or family for like a couple of days. And then Mm -hmm. that's like my rejuvenation, whereas she doesn't need that. It's almost the opposite. So it's like, we get that time and then it kind of, and then it's like, okay, cool. Now we're just in relationship mode. We can stop talking about the band for for a couple of days anyway. And then until yeah. I start inevitably bringing it up again. <laughs> so you start booking <laughs> tours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't get too comfortable. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, th- there was a moment in the doc when you were just like, I'm bored. Cause uh, she was just going through the drum, the drum sequence oh, over yeah. and over again. Oh and that was like a prime example of like, where I was just like, this is, this is how, you know, this is a good working relationship and relationship relationship. Cause you had that moment where she's like, all right, well just go then. And then I was like, Ooh, that seems kind. <laughs> and then it seemed like right after she got the take, like she came in and you had a discussion 30 seconds and it was like squashed immediately. Like it was, that was, it was so funny. Great. That's yeah. kind of one of, one of my favorite parts. Yeah. I'm like, well, you don't even need me here. And she's like, I don't know, but just get out of here. I'm like, (laughs) okay. And I like just put my guitar down in the middle of the floor. And that, yeah, that happened another time. And Marty and I, I think it was whatever it was, it was either, no, it would have been a a drum part. There's a couple drum rolls in there that she just like had struggled with for whatever reason. Like you get into the studio and all of a sudden you're like, why the fuck can't I play this part? So there's a couple parts and there's this one other time again, like we didn't need to be there. Marty and I, like he had enough footage of whatever he was doing. So she's like, just go to the yellow dog. It's a bar, just a couple, uh, a few blocks away. She's like, just go to the yellow dog and have some beer. We're like, okay. And she's like, I'll text you when I'm done. Cause then we're moving on to vocals or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, sounds good. So him and I, Marty and I just like, you know, unplugged our mics and he put the camera down and we hopped over to the bar and we had like just pounded a couple beers and did like a shot of whiskey or something. We're like, and then we get the text and we're like, all right. And then we walk back and we're like, whew, that's exactly what we needed just to like <laughs> get outside, have a quick couple drinks. And then yeah. we're like, back ready to go, you know? And that would have been a day that I didn't have to sing or anything. It was just like, she was probably singing or something, but she can tell when I'm about to lose my mind. So it's like, just before you do lose your mind, just go calm the fuck down somewhere else. Not in front of me. Take a shot. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And that, that's a game where, uh, we're being in a, an an actual relationship comes in handy because you really see that and you know that look you know that like exactly like that look or whatever it is and you're like okay I know what that means like this is what you need <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was good times though it's all all out there <laughs> yeah what uh what would be like your number one piece of like relationship advice for people that are like maybe it could even just be general bandmates but maybe people that are in relationships in bands I've never been asked this question before um it's like I've it's like I'm you know been married for 40 years and, uh, you know, <laughs> um, I think I kind of mentioned it before, but we had had a discussion specifically about it. Some people don't like talking about relationships, even though they're in a relationship. And mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that we kind of realized partway through is like, is communication. And because we work together as well, like communication on a whole other level. So I think that's like, that's the biggest thing is to, is to communicate and to kind of lay out a plan. Just like when you start a band and with four bandmates or two bandmates or whatever, deciding what the split's going to be. Are you, are the songs four ways or is there one songwriter and everyone else gets 0%? Like those are conversations that a lot of people don't like to have, but I think it's an important thing. And it goes, goes into like sort of the relationship aspect of it too, is like, you need to have those conversations of like, what does tour look like as a band? Um, 
if we're in a relationship and what does home life look like and where do the two overlap and where should we try to make them not overlap? Mm -hmm. I think that's important to just have those conversations before you're on the road and you have these certain expectations. Like we're not in bars and venues, like holding hands and like snuggling up like some couples would be at a show together. You know, they're just like watching a band, their arms around each other. Not that we don't do that every once in a while, but like you kind of separate them. And I think just having the conversation as to like what that looks like for mm-hmm. each person in, I think is important. But I think that's just for any relationship in general, but especially when you're like in the spotlight, you yeah. know, yeah, it's kind of, uh, you don't want, like, you don't want to feel uncomfortable ever with fans or anything. Like, I don't know, people are, especially being a woman, like people are just weird. Guys are weird at shows. They always will be. And then like, like sometimes <laughs> this one guy, like, uh, and this hasn't happened only once, but God, will be like, are you guys together? i will be like, yeah, we are. And he's like, oh, I could totally tell you guys have such a connection. Like just the way that people <laughs> creepy come guy at you, combo. just like, uh. just like creepy guy comments, you know? And it's yeah. like, even just like, how are we going to collectively respond to these questions and how are yeah. we going to react? Or are we going to tell people that no, we're not a couple? Like there's just so many so many conversations. And with this documentary, it was like, this is the first time that we're really, we haven't hit it. Like every one of our friends, everyone in our lives knows that we're together. But when you're on, when you're on stage, it's not like, hi, we're Mopina Galore. And then at the end of the set, we like hug each other. You know, it's not like people, people can draw their own conclusions if they want, but we're like, if we're doing this documentary, we might as well just let people know because people probably wonder anyway. And like, Mm -hmm. it's pretty obvious that I'm gay. So it's like, I don't know it's might as well just throw it all out there. And, yeah. uh, I'm, so I'm glad we did because then we can openly have conversations about it as well. Like with people such as yourself, cause I bet sometimes people don't want to ask questions because they don't know what they can and can't ask. Yeah. Yeah. It can you be know? tricky sometimes to navigate for sure. Yeah. yeah. Cause you don't want to assume anything as someone like hosting a podcast or like interviewing somebody. Cause people have asked us before, like, so do you have any boyfriends back home or like, so how do you deal with your relationships back home and like mm-hmm. love life? And it's like, well, we're together. So that's that, that answers that question. So like yeah. we get to avoid a lot of yeah, sometimes awkward, annoying questions by For just sure. throwing it out there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, the doc ends with the album being done and we don't see any of the touring. How did that tour go? It was really good. That was that single mother's tour that we mm-hmm. uh, talked about a bit. It was really cool. It was just fun to fun to be on the road with them. And like, I don't, I'm pretty sure that we were super sketchy on the first show, but we usually are. Cause you have yeah. like all these, all these new songs in your head that you haven't even played live. And then you have to revert back to older song, not older songs, but like, you know, different songs that you haven't played in a long time. But we, I, yeah, I'm sure the first couple shows were like kind of sketchy, but like, whatever it happens. <laughs> You're spending 12 hours a day at least just in the recording studio for the new album for songs that you're not really playing when you're going, when you're going out live because the album isn't coming out for a few months. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it was, it was weird. I think we practiced a couple times at the studio when we were just like, when JP had to do something else or we were just had, like had a little break. We would just practice a couple songs. Not that we could like really hear each other really well all the time, like with depending on what we were recording, but even if like we just go through the motions and mm-hmm. I had like some weird guitar tone going through or whatever. Like it wasn't what we would normally hear, 
jamming at home. But yeah, we like practice a couple times in the studio and like, I like to be really rehearsed for tour generally, but mm-hmm. usually the first show is like kind of sketchy either way. But yeah, this was, this was something else. I definitely wouldn't do that again. Like yeah. <laughs> give myself at least three days in between right? of like two full days of like two full days of like being able to play through the set each day. That yeah. would be ideal. <laughs> right, right. Not like, oh. I think it was literally the next day. I'm like, okay, great. And we had to drive down to the States. So like that was all in itself annoying and stressful. Oh, but you must've been so exhausted too. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> it's all a blur. <laughs> it's, it's all a blur. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also noticed, uh, this is going to be the last thing about the documentary. You have a ton of band tees. Like both of you do. Everyone, oh. <laughs> everyone in the doc is always wearing band tees. Yeah. Do you have a favorite band tee? My favorite band tee is my uh, single mother's black one that I that's cut off. I don't know if I wore it in the dock, but that's I usually wear that one. That's like my live show shirt. Like okay. it's kind of like this sort of cut off, right? Right. Cut off shirt. That is my favorite band tee shirt. Um, I'm both of us. I can speak on both of our behalves. Both of our favorite shirts are any shirt that is a, like a soft style, good quality shirt. The single mother's one isn't, but for some reason, like it's so worn in and because the sleeves were cut off, it fits great. Mm-hmm. But like we are not guild, uh, not um, like Gildan heavy cotton fans or like just that style of shirt. Mm-hmm. Just like I could love the design. I could love the band and be like. But like, if it feels like sandpaper, were, like what's yeah, the point? Exactly. Like we're always looking at the tag. Like we always used to get American Apparel shirts uh, as our band shirts. Like we'd pay more. We always pay more money for our shirts to be like good quality shirts mm-hmm. and soft fit and feel and everything. So that's like those are our favorite band shirts. I think Marcia's. She wears. What does she wear a lot? She wears her intellectual shirt quite a bit. Again, like cut off sleeve. We played a few shows with them in Europe a f- couple years back, and I think they hooked us, hooked her up with that shirt. That's cool. It's like the, a design on like the whole shirt, you know, like one of those. Oh, just one like, of those looks, like giant Just ones. like yeah, just all white, but just like looks really cool. I think that's probably her her favorite shirt. Um, but I could be wrong. Yeah, my single mother's one. That's that's my that's my number one. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I totally I know what you mean with the I appreciate a band that has a soft shirt because I feel like most of my I wear band tees for the most part, too. And they're mostly not the soft shirt. And yeah, it's it's it sucks because like my like one of my favorite bands is Fiddler. And one of my favorite shirts of all time is a shirt as one of their shirts. And it's it's literally it's like I almost get a rash from it because it's like it's just scratching me all the time. Totally. Oh, uh, but yeah, uh, so that, 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 that's cool. I like the, I like that there's some thought in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So these are just like the last three questions, just general ones. Um, how do you go about finding new music? I, despite all of the shitty things that Spotify does not, does or does not do for artists, all of that aside and being an artist on Spotify, I fucking love Spotify. They okay. have the best playlists and that is how I find my new music I'd say 98% of the time maybe 99% there's like that 1% of people who say hey listen to this band like I get that all the time you should Mm -hmm. listen to this band you should listen to this band I like rarely listen to bands when people tell me that because you just keep getting so many names thrown at you right so yeah mostly Spotify like I'm all about going to a song that I like by an artist that I like 
and going to that song radio and then it just plays through and then I'll cool. add to like add to I've got a bunch of playlists that I've curated I suppose would be the term uh, for Spotify like a punk one a chill one a uh, folk Americana one a uh, hip hop one. Like I just kind of have like a bunch of, and then just like a random one, I have a heavier one. So like if I'm listening to more like hardcore kind of music or something, or like I put on like a heavy single mother's song radio and then, or like a cancer bat song or something, and then hear a song I like, I'll just throw it on the heavier playlist. So that's gotcha. kind of, and then okay. I'll look back and be like, who was that anyway? So that's right. kind of how I'll like sort of like fill, fill my, um, my new music quota into these little like I categorize them on via Spotify. Okay. Yeah. Who, uh, who would you say you've been listening to the most throughout, uh, the last few months? Well, as I mentioned before, like I like a lot of slow chill music. Connor Oberst is one of my favorite singers and he, like, I have probably listened to his record, uh, more ruminations more than anything, I think over this last little while. And, mm. um, and like, I love Taylor Swift and her new record's pretty dope. That's mm -hmm. new. So it hasn't been like a ton lately. I don't know. I just, I, I haven't been so much like listening to albums lately. Like even yesterday, Marcy, Marcy and I were coming home and we had to make a cake for this birthday party that I spoke of uh, a little earlier in this conversation. Yeah. We're making this like birthday cake that was going to take us a little while. So we're like, okay, we need to get, when we get home, we need to put on like, what are we going to listen to? Cause we always just revert back to this like super chill music. And we're like, we need something more uplifting. And we're like, we really wish that we could listen to like the Drew Thompson foundation, but like not that, or like <laughs> listen to uh, like Spanish love songs, but not that like, because we listen to like all this, all these albums so many times, but we just want like that album, but something slightly different, yeah, you know, that vibe, but something new. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's where I've been struggling with as of late is to like, find a new like full record that I'm really into. I've just been listening to so much, like so many playlists and just like, I'll just let my, I'll listen to an album and then I'll just, my Spotify just keeps playing. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just listen to like random stuff. So that's, yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing. So it's, I, I, I really would like to find some new, like full records that I'm like super into. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I find that to be a struggle these days, too. I also find like newer artists don't necessarily think of an album as a full listening experience as you would like for people that are making vinyl, pressing vinyl. Totally. You're always thinking that A side, B side. It's it's kind of hard to find an album that you really like love and that you can listen to back to front. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of um, I was. Did you ever listen to Japan, Japan Droids? Yes. At all. Yeah. So like I was thinking about them the other day, their Celebration Rock album which is like so good and it's just like mm -hmm. a summer album and it's just exactly what it, what it should the title encompasses like celebration rock like that's what it is it like starts with fireworks i think and like i want i should actually just listen to that record because i haven't listened to it in a while but i want that record but just by somebody else and like some other way and i'm sure it exists i'll, I'll throw it up on twitter or like facebook and be like does anyone have any recommendations like that basically <laughs> sound like this record but not this record. And so mm -hmm. that's, yeah, it, Facebook can be really good too. Like if you're just hanging out, like sometimes it's been a while, but like when I'm, if I do have a, like a design project on the go, that's going to, I'm going to be in front of my computer for quite a few hours and I'm like in the zone for like a specific genre, but I don't know quite enough about it. I'll just post on Facebook and be like, send me a link, to, like a YouTube link or a Spotify link to 
a record that you would listen to like in this certain instance. And then you get like all sorts of different genres, like all across the board, even stuff that like I wouldn't normally listen to. Uh, like some, sometimes more like, I don't know, have you heard of Alt J or Tame Impala, like that kind of stuff? Like I don't listen to it often, but sometimes it's like just exactly what you need. Just something a little more in like the quirky sort of category that you're not singing along, but you're really, it's just like, it kind of is in your, like, is just a vibe in your head. So I like to ask people on Facebook and people on Facebook like to tell you what's up. So yeah, they like to yeah give their opinions (laughs) on things. That's for sure. So that I can always count on on uh, all of my Facebook friends who I don't actually know most of them. All right. And then last question, like who's your new, maybe an up and coming artist or just like latest find, like a, a latest new artist that you found that you're really into these days? Hmm. I know you just said you've been struggling with that, but. Yeah, that's a good question. The, the first, the first thing that came to mind, and again, this like, he's a folk guy. His name's Ian No, and he. He's got a song because you mentioned that like we've got a song called Oh Irene that I wrote for my grandma and just listening to like whatever stuff on uh, one of his songs came up and I was like, holy shit, this is a really well-written song. Like I love the song, added it to my uh, acoustic playlist and then looked at his album and he had a song called, I think it's called Oh Irene or it's called Irene or something. I was like, oh shit. I was like, I have a song called Irene. So then just like right away started listening to that record. Mm -hmm. And it's just been like a really cool, really cool, mellow um, storytelling kind of vibe through the summer. That's been good because also uh, Marcia's sister, we hang out with her a ton. She's the one, she's got a couple kids with the pool that I talked, I spoke of. Uh, She loves really chill music. So we're often sharing like that vibe and that's kind of been on, on repeat. I don't think he's new, but again, it's like, I feel like even new music, like some, you could think something's new, but it's actually like their fourth album, you know? Yeah. 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 I meant meant new to you. In that, in that, like in that context. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, I don't know. Yeah. This is just making me want to go like listen to more music now. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I, when I really want to like, when I really want to write certain styles of music, I listen to certain styles of music. So talking about doing more like into uh, like in uh, solo stuff, sorry, I'll listen to like certain genres, but when Mars and I are, <clears throat> are wanting to write more music, I'll put on some like heavier kind of stuff or like, right. Yeah. Like La dispute or just like, hardcore like hardcore music that i haven't listened to in forever i'll put on some like old like i used to listen to death by stereo and like saw them a couple years back in winnipeg and we'll throw just throw on like old records that i used to listen to and like snfu started listening to them Mm -hmm. a bunch again lately as i'm sure a bunch of people did and i was like fuck i really dig this like why have i not been listening to this for like several years you know like you just forget and so it becomes new to you again and i think that's that's new for me is like is looking back at music that I haven't listened to in a while and appreciating it in mm-hmm. a different way than yeah. I would have, you know, 15 years ago or whatever. So that yeah. can be, that can be fun too. Cause you're, you're listening and like with a totally different mindset and yeah. Or and just that. different time in your life too. Right. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they can speak to you in a different way. Yeah. I find uh vinyl vinyls really help me with that. Cause most of the records I have either, they're just like what I find in a discount bin and I'm like, Oh, this looks fun. And then ends up being really cool or oh, sweet. definitely not cool. But <laughs> a lot of times too, it's like, it's older records that I was listening to growing up and I'll be like, Oh, I haven't listened to this in 10 years. Mm-hmm. I think the last one I'm looking over at my collection now or what's on top. And I think the last one was, uh, 
refused Shape of Punk to come. Oh my God. Yes. Such a great album. And uh, that's something that like, yeah, that's, I just recently re-listened to the whole thing and I was like, oh my God, what? So great. So good. That album is so good. Another band that I had started listening to, uh, again, I've got a record and I think that's probably why is The Hives. Like just a few of their records, but like, it's just so fucking fun. Like Sweden just has so many cool bands that have come out of there. And, uh, yeah, the hives, like they're just so fun and different, but like very approachable. I don't know. Yeah. That's a cool, that's a cool band that I, I, uh, completely forgot about until just flipping through records and put it on like sometime during this, um, pandemic six months we've been in here yeah but yeah you're right records records will really do that because sometimes like if you don't flip through records all the time you forget what's there and then you're like oh sweet yeah i totally forgot that i had this like i forgot yeah this is the vibe i want or like la tigra i've got a la tigra record that fucking (laughs) rips like every time i listen to it i'm just like yes why don't i do this more often you know just really like gets the energy level up (laughs) cool well, Jetta, that's uh, all of my questions for you today. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, I'm totally going to follow up with an email and give you some suggestions that I think you might like. You just popped up. So many bands just popped up in my head from this last little part. Yeah, yeah. Talking, right so on. That's awesome. That. I really appreciate it. It was nice to, this is my first chat in like six months. So um, I feel like I... I feel like I have a lot still could just chat forever, but you know, we yeah. got to cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's not a Joe Rogan podcast. Got no, to got to get to the birthday party and uh, crack my first beer. It's the weekend anyway. Right. There so. you go. <laughs>